Welcome, this is Leading with Spirit, the show that gives you an in-depth look at topics like what it takes to navigate your spiritual journey, how to heal yourself and grow your spiritual gifts, and balanced practices to expand your business and your spiritual leadership. I'm your host, Spirit Bird, shamanic teacher, healer, and author, here to guide you on your journey to becoming your most potent spiritual leader. Do you ever see really spiritual people and it makes you feel like shit? Or perhaps you see people living what appears to be a very ritualized spiritual life and it really awakens this longing in you. You wish that your life could be like that. Today, I want to talk about the dangers of spiritual hierarchy and the importance of your own authentic journey. And of course, um, things to look out for while you're navigating this part of you, the spiritual part of you, and how to bring it forward and integrate it into your everyday life. Um, if you followed me at all, you know that it's really important to me to help teach and show how we can integrate our spiritual side into our everyday life or how they can be one in the same versus how to leave our everyday ordinary 3D reality in favor of some kind of spiritual panacea that honestly exists, but doesn't look like what most people think it should look like. So for me, you know, um, I have lived a pretty spiritual life for most of my life, and I've been kind of integrating the 3D into it versus integrating my spiritual into the 3D. And there was a second there where I think that in my in my fantasy world of what like this new earth could really look like meant that we are all just being spiritual all the time. And now what I understand the new earth to be like the spiritual panacea that I um, feel I am living in is that actually it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be spiritual. I don't have to be spiritual. You don't have to be spiritual. Um, I can know who I am and what my gifts are and um, not let them be seen or not need them to be seen. And also I'm available for them to be seen. I can um, do ordinary 3D things and not feel like it's not spiritual that I have the freedom to choose um, from moment to moment what I want my life to be versus trying to um, make it fit into this spiritual idea of what it should be or being frustrated that other people aren't doing the things that I think that they need to do so that I can have the spiritual panacea come true. <laughs> so today I just want to talk about, again, um, what I'm noticing in the spiritual industry as far as, far as um, hierarchy and inauthenticity what to watch out for so that you don't fall into that trap or more so what to watch out for so you can be gentle on yourself and not be so hard on yourself and needing to change or feeling frustrated with where your life is. I want to talk um, about, you know, how to really find that authentic spiritual life for yourself and what to watch out for when you're working with people, when you're learning and growing, when you're exploring plant medicine, when you're finding mentors, when you're doing training, um, so that you can make the right choice for you and not fall into the belief that you need to be fixed or changed or that something is wrong with you because you're comparing yourself to someone else's inauthentic display of what spiritual purity should be. <laughs> So uh, oftentimes the spiritual hierarchy shows up as really, it shows up as I'm more spiritual than you. Um, 
And I've seen it show up uh, in the business world as like, oh, well, I'm actually so spiritual that I don't even need to market. Uh, I've seen it show up in the spiritual world as uh, if you're a true healer, then um, gratitude is all you actually need. And if you are trying to (laughs) make money offering your gifts, then you're not a true healer, right? I've seen it as um, um, I'm already so healthy. You know, my health is perfect. Uh, and I don't actually need to um, pay attention to my health or more so I'm going to judge you for what you eat because it's not what I eat. There is such an allure when you enter into the spiritual world to really wanting to be seen as spiritual that it leads us to make very inauthentic decisions in our life or present this mask of spirituality that isn't necessarily wrong or untrue, but it's not the whole truth. And the dangers with that is that we, especially if we become influential, is that now people are comparing ourselves to that and expecting this kind of life or look for themselves. And if they're not a match, then they start to feel shitty about themselves. Now, granted, that's part of a healing process to to see that and to find yourself and not compare yourself to other people. And what a lot of spiritual teachers don't do is realize that they're really presenting this inauthentic piece of themselves. And it's actually damaging, not just to clients, but it's damaging to yourself too. It's very unhealthy. So, um, <laughs> you know, I uh, you know run in a lot of different circles and there are definitely been times where I notice also in the spiritual community, this tendency to just assume that everybody shares your same beliefs if they're spiritual. Um, So also something to watch for if you're getting into containers and you're feeling kind of yucky that you, um, you know, maybe don't believe what they're believing. Maybe you feel like there's something wrong with you. Maybe you feel like, um, you know, you're not good enough yet, or maybe you feel like you don't have the room to speak about what's true for you. And I encourage you to not fall into that trap. And there's a place when you run into this hierarchy in groups where, um, you know, the best thing that to actually do, the most spiritual thing you can actually do is name the bullshit. Just go ahead and call it out. Now, there's a finesse to doing this. You want to call it out, but as best you can without any spiritual hierarchy from yourself. So naming that piece without having to sort of like have this power over other people, naming that piece without like also making them bad, right? So like, this is kind of a silly example, but I'll use food for an example. There have been many times I've been at events and people just kind of all assume that like carbs are bad and that nobody here eats carbs. And I'm like, actually I do. I love carbs, actually. Actually potatoes and wheat are very nutritious. I know we got on this like tangent for like weight loss that they're bad for you, um, but they're not necessarily. Again, everybody has different body types and different goals that they're trying to reach with their body. But for me, I fucking love potatoes. They're my favorite food (laughs) and they're actually really nutritious. They have a lot of protein. Um, So if I'm in an environment where people start talking about carbs, like we should all know that that's some lower level shit then I might just assert, you know, my opinion on it, but I can do it without making them wrong with like, you know, actually I understand that, you know, carbs don't work for a lot of people's bodies, but they work great for me. And they're a lot of, you know, they have a lot of nutrition. Um, And a lot of times 
uh, I've noticed that we sort of all have types of food that we have decided are bad based on what some authority said to us. And they're not actually, um, you know, even actually potatoes and rice. I have this um, conversation with my partner all the time because I'm a potato girl and he's a rice guy. And that's fine that we both have different preferences. Um, but I was just curious because there's a place where it's like, oh, well, rice is better for you. And if you actually like look up the nutrition, it is fewer calories, but it's like way less nutrition too. So <laughs> I'm just saying that you've got to really just follow what's true for you and not buy into other people's limiting beliefs and not buy into other people's um spiritual hierarchy that they've developed for themselves. For a lot of us, um, that hierarchy, that the rules that we place on ourselves to um, try to force ourselves to remain quote unquote spiritual is actually a cage, right? Um, and I think it's important that we're able to be fluid in the spiritual world and in the everyday world. Um, when you run into a spiritual teacher and you start to notice yourself feeling like you need to hide parts of yourself to show up, then I encourage you to ask this question because two things could be happening. One, it could be a teaching. It could be a place for you to notice why are you hiding part of yourself? What part of yourself are you ashamed of or do you feel like you need to hide to, um, you know, to be safe. So there's that, there is one place where it could be a great opportunity for your inner work and inner healing. But I want you to also ask and check yourself around why are you hiding? And is it actually because the teacher or the mentor you're following is holding this bar or this expectation or their own judgment that you should be like them? So pay attention to that because obviously if it's the latter, then, uh, then there's one of two things that need to happen. Either one, you just can notice that this isn't actually a healthy container for you anymore and you can exit the container or two, you can name it as cleanly as you can. So this doesn't look like you're doing this thing to me and I don't like it. It is actually more like I'm having this experience. I'm having this experience where I notice that I feel uncertain or unsafe about sharing parts of myself. Um, and I wonder, you know, to what extent this is me and to what extent, um, you know, that you might actually be having a judgment. And can we talk about that? So what happens with the spiritual guides or leaders is if we, as their clients or their students, um, we are often constantly doing inner work. Right, constantly learning and growing and trying to improve ourselves and you know make ourselves better, show up in healthy, cleaner ways. And if we start to doubt ourselves, and if we start to look at how we're 100% responsible for a distortion, like um, you know, feeling like uh, I, you know, I have to be, I have to show up differently, or feeling like I don't feel like it's safe to talk about things. And so that must be 100% me instead of something that's happening in the group. If we take too much responsibility for our own inner work, what can happen is this can reinforce this hierarchical structure, this 
um, difference between me as a leader and you as a student that I am above you. And what a lot of spiritual teachers do is they subconsciously keep this stereotype going because it keeps you in their container or it keeps their container full or it feeds their ego that they're doing a good job as a spiritual teacher because they are above you still. Right. And so I've noticed for, for me in my container, um, I notice when people come in that haven't experienced anything different than that, sometimes they come in for, you know, either to my shaman school or to do plant medicine journeys with us. And they're not really sure what to do with our container because we lead from inside of it. We're holding it. We've got you. We've got an eye on what's happening. We're tracking things, but we're also inside of it. So um, when you haven't experienced spiritual mentorship that isn't hierarchy, um, it might feel weird to you. It might feel at first like, is somebody holding this? Because you're not sure how to operate outside of this paradigm of hierarchy. And for me, I've noticed that some people will definitely see it. And that's why they come here. They see that we're not holding this place of hierarchy. And that's why they want to be in our container, right? Um, and also there are times where other people don't see it. and um, Or see it and feel... Uh, uncomfortable around it or don't want to be in it because their ego isn't going to be fed that way. And I'm not really interested in feeding anybody's ego that way. And for me, the most spiritual thing again to do is to name, you know, name the deepest truth of what's happening, not to present this idea of this spiritual, you know, purity and not to, um, send people down the wrong road and encourage the spiritual purity, or really what happens is like just a lot of fakeness. It's <laughs> just like a lot of fakeness in spiritual communities where the only thing you can talk about is like nice things about each other or, um, you know, how wonderful you are or how, how, you know, powerful your gifts are or how good you are at doing your inner work. And it becomes this like weird spot where it's like you go and you have this experience but in the end, there was just like not a lot of truth there. You might feel good in the moment, but it doesn't stick with you because it wasn't entirely real. And so for me, that spiritual panacea is actually just being able to communicate with each other about the hard things. That spiritual panacea is being able to address and name the elephant in the room. And that spiritual panacea is showing up in the truth of who we are instead of who we're trying to be or some perfected version of what we want people to see us as. And for me, I've developed enough trust in myself um, at this point that I, again, I know some people are going to come into my container and see it and appreciate it and want to come back because they are trying to dismantle the hierarchy in themselves too, because they actually don't want to continue or perpetuate that old paradigm anymore. And I know other people are just going to miss it. They're just not going to see it in the same way that, I will show up and be me and some people are going to notice my gifts and some people aren't, they're just, they just can't see it. And I don't need to think less of them. I don't need to be like, oh, well, you're not spiritual enough that you can see it. It's just that not everybody has to, you know? And so for me, this like freedom that I'm in, this like spiritual 
panacea that I feel like I finally walked through this threshold that I've walked through is that I can fully show up in my gifts and I'm fully available to be seen in my gifts and I don't have to. I can fully show up as my full medicine person self and I don't have to. That my full expression of my medicine person self is not a show that I can go into other groups or containers and be completely myself and I'm still delivering so much medicine. And it's not about um, that I'm going there to do it. I, In fact, many times I experience myself being in groups, going to the yoga studio, going to workshops, being out for lunch with friends and um, being myself. And I'll get reflections afterwards about how a couple of things I said completely changed somebody's life. And for me, it's like, yeah, that's really satisfying. That's like, Spiritual gifts, you know, I, I do teach and help people learn how to use theirs and then integrate it in their life. And oftentimes that looks like how to also use that as a career, but that is not the only goal. And that's not the highest goal. Showing up and working your magic without trying is fun and gratifying to me. Again, that is what, the goal that we're actually trying to reach. And again, this is like that spiritual hierarchy. Like if you feel like you have to be having a successful career using your spiritual gifts, or you're not healed enough, or if you're not doing it, that you're not good enough. Um, don't buy into that bullshit. That is somebody else's hierarchy that they are actually putting out and hoping that you fall for again. It's subconscious. <laughs> it's usually subconscious, but, um, don't buy into it and just know that showing up and, you know, um, using your magic and your medicine in a way that's completely authentic, that doesn't feel forced to me is the ultimate goal. And yes, sometimes that's going to look like it being this beautiful, successful, abundant career using your gifts. And sometimes that's going to be, you know, working nine to five. And again, to me, I am more spiritually free because I am no longer afraid of working that quote unquote ordinary job because I know who I am and I know my gifts and I know they show up no matter where I go. So to me, that is the whole point is that I am fulfilled in that way. I am fulfilled in the way that I get to use them and be seen in them regardless of the situation. And also you don't have to see them for me to feel that gratification that um, at any point I could walk away from my career and do something else and I wouldn't be afraid of losing a part of who I am because it's fully integrated into who I am. It's not a mask. So, um, you know, just to summarize, uh, watch it, you know, just be curious about it. Be curious about, um, you know, where you, if you're noticing that you are getting down on yourself for not being spiritual enough, it's an invitation to notice where are you comparing yourself to others? Um, and where are you um, aligning with somebody else's goals or purpose instead of what's actually true to you? Again, even just that little example of like, I actually like carbs. Um, I enjoy wine, you know? Um, I enjoy um, doing silly, fun things. I'm not afraid to work a regular job. Um, so notice where you know, you might be unnecessarily comparing yourself to somebody else's standard. Remember that 
even if you're comparing yourself to their standard, that their standard might be a cage for them. It might be a mask. It might not be their actual truth. And know that as if you are a practitioner, that this is also something that's incredibly important that you watch in yourself. You don't need to be overbearing with yourself. You don't need to punish yourself when you notice it, but you should be watching it. Where uh, where are you potentially sort of getting off on being the truth teller to other people? Where might you be getting little ego boosts from, um, you know, psych 101-ing someone else? (laughs) Um, Where might you be getting ego boosts from essentially conquering somebody else by naming their problem when you haven't been invited to? And where might you be actually keeping yourself separate by hiding parts of your humanness? Because that is not what being a spiritual leader is. And yes, you get to have grace Um, There is a part of when you're moving into uh, a leadership role or a facilitator role, it's kind of like, no matter what you do, there's probably going to be some awkwardness as you like step into this place where now you're holding things for other people and, and you can forgive yourself for that, but also you can leave that behind at some point. So I hope that this was helpful for you today. I hope that it gave you a little bit of breathing room and grace if you're finding yourself struggling with how to um, you know, step more into your spiritual life, knowing that that is going to look different for everybody. And oftentimes the most spiritual people are the ones that um, don't show up as super spiritual. <laughs> um, and I hope that if you're a practitioner, that maybe you can see a few places where you might've fallen into this trap from your own teachers and um, know that this is a place of integrity and beauty that you can hold for yourself. Um, that, you know, if I boil it down to like one key takeaway from this, it's that, um, is that, Really being able to teach and guide people is less about you telling them how to do it or coaching them on what to do and more about you showing them by being it. And when you do, amazing things happen. Thanks for joining me today. Have you been hearing the call to expand your spiritual gifts and step into your next level of conscious leadership. If you're a coach, healer, or a spiritual leader, you can learn more about Shaman School and growing your spiritual business on our website, holtonhealingarts.com, or send me a DM at Holton Healing Arts. Welcome to today's member query episode, where we explore questions about spiritual paths, intuitive gifts, growing a spiritual business, and shamanism. Do you have a question for us? Send us a DM at Holton Healing Arts. And the question is, how to reclaim your power after you've been hurt? And the first step, of course, is knowing you're in a pattern and exiting the pattern. The next step is to end the game of blame. So you need to know where you are to do this. So for example, you if you've already exited this hurtful relationship or pattern or place, congratulations, you've done a ton of the work and I hope that you're giving yourself some gratitude. 
from there, then we start to move into the healing and the forgiveness. So in order to do this, we need to drop the blame. That means we're either blaming them or we're blaming ourselves. And to do that, you have to know where you are in your process. So what helps here is to know that you will both need to go through the negative emotions and the positive emotions and which ones have you gone through and which ones haven't you gone through. For example, if you haven't actually gotten angry yet, if you've only been in compassion and understanding, then you need to get angry. If you've been in anger the whole time, then it is time to start to take a look at compassion and experience understanding. And from here, it's counterintuitive because we're afraid if they aren't to blame, then we are. But when we can actually back away and see the situation from all sides, from the teaching and from the path that you are on, then we can begin to see why it happened, what we needed to learn. And then we can actually begin the forgiveness process, not just forgiveness to the other person, but most importantly, forgiveness with the self. And this is how you begin to reclaim your power. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Leading with Spirit. If you did, please share the link for this episode with your biggest takeaway, tagging me at Holton Healing Arts. It would also support me if you subscribed and left a rating and review of the show so we can support more people living their highest purpose. Until next time, journey on.